0: September is when students go back to school. It's the time when you buy hundreds of dollars of books that you may or may not use, organize your spiral notebooks by coordinating subject with color, and skim your syllabi to see which classes are attendance mandatory. For most, this is just routine, another year back at school. But what about when you move schools, like when you walk through the doors of your high school on your first day of your freshman year, or you're starting your first semester at college? a lot of us might go
1: into a small period of shock or confusion. Where can I park? Or one of the most terrifying realizations, I'm lost and need to use the bathroom. As time goes by, however, we start to feel more familiar with the location. And our first episode of the Bridging the Synapse podcast talks about
0: how do we become familiar. If you're joining us for the first time or through our plug in the Daily Beacon, welcome. My name is Madeline
1: MacArthur. And I'm Anu Kumar. We're both seniors at the University of Tennessee Knoxville and studying
0: neuroscience. Originally we produced the podcast Brain Rules with the help of the Daily Beacons UT's. Originally we produced the podcast Brain Rules with the help of the Daily Beacon, UT student run newspaper. After getting our footing though, we decided to break away and become more independent, hence the name change. There are a few things we want you to know about Bridging the Synapse before we get into the topic for today. How often we make new content, where you can find us, and
1: our current website. We'll be releasing new episodes every Wednesday, and you can find them on Apple Podcasts as well as Anchor. And we also have a website. We have a publication on Medium called Bridging the Synapse, where we'll post complimentary articles to our episodes and some extra resources for you to take a look at.
0: You can also follow our Twitter at SynapseBridge. The S and B are capitalized for updates on our podcast as well as us tweeting as well as tweeting us questions you want us to look at. Now with that, let's get back to the topic at hand, familiarity. All right, let's start with our own experiences of transitioning from high school to college. I'm sure we can both agree that we both felt pretty overwhelmed.
1: Yes, I know I felt extremely overwhelmed. Um, For example, I came to UT a couple weeks early because I'm in the band and we had band camp before classes started. So I didn't really know where to park so I just parked in a staff lot by the music building and after we had our meeting for the very first day I came back out and received a parking ticket on the very first day that I parked my car on campus. So that was a very warm welcome (laughs) to college and um, even after classes started um, you know all of my classes were in completely different buildings spread out all over campus and I didn't really learn any shortcuts to those places until halfway through the semester Um, and because Knoxville and UT was such a new place for me I never really had the desire to explore Knoxville
0: whenever I first got here I definitely had very similar experience although no parking ticket (laughs) yet um, so I actually came to school, um, about a week early before classes started because I went through the Ignite program, which is like a service program that UT does, and it just gave me a head start of getting moving into my dorm and whatnot and getting to know a few people on campus. Um, it was definitely difficult transitioning from high school to college, but I was a part of a LLC, which really helped, and, um really gave me uh insight into what was going on how (laughs) what was happening in this new step of life um but it was the strangest part was definitely living with a complete stranger 24 7 so that definitely was a new experience but it got easier and it took a while for it to sink in that you know this was my new home what kind of a llc did you join I was in the honors LLC. Oh, okay. Hashtag nerd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now
1: that we both flash back to freshman year and how overwhelmed and terrified we were, let's dive into the science behind familiarity. do we become more familiar with routes so this would involve you know maybe finding out new directions to a grocery store in the new town that you moved into or in my case finding out where the heck all of my classes are in this brand new (laughs) campus so in a 2015 study published in the Wiley Online Library researchers attempted to figure out if the overall time for certain neurons to fire in a specific pattern is actually shortened otherwise known as neural compressions so they wanted to know if neural compressions actually affected our spatial memories or our ability to remember in general where are buildings where are different turns in routes our sense of direction the amount by how much a firing pattern or sequence is quickened is called a compression factor. So this is how they ran the study. They took mice and they had them run through a variation of routes. So these routes had a different number of turns and differing amount of lengths that the, that the routes went on for. So over time, they noticed that when the mice were repeatedly put in these same routes that they were learning, the firing patterns compressed more and more. So their brains were essentially practicing trying to remember the route at a quicken pace. So I feel like I actually did this whenever I was trying to find my classes. Not that, you know, I was a mouse in a cage or like in a route, even though it kind of felt just like it. Just monitoring the compressions. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I would like try and figure out where my first class was on like maybe a Monday Wednesday, Friday, and then I would try to think, okay, so I have to go down this bridge and take a right at this building, and then it's in A and B, or it's in the auditorium, and then I have to remember, oh, I have to take the elevator, go down the stairs, one floor, and then it's the first door, on the left. And then as I kept going through my Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes, I kept running through that sequence of like routes or like directions in my head until it just became like natural. Like It was a routine at that point. I didn't actually know that that was just because like these firing patterns were actually compressing more and more and more because we're able to remember these things a lot quicker the more that we're exposed to them. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you're not a mouse in uh, a maze. (laughs) Yes. Hashtag blessed.
0: (laughs) So, moving on with familiarity and kind of looking at a different aspect, we've all experienced at some point this feeling of familiarity for a place or situation where we are experiencing the thing for the first time, yet it somehow feels like we've already experienced it previously. This sensation is called deja vu, and neuroscientists are using this concept to better understand the cognition of familiarity. The Wiley Handbook on the Cognitive Neuroscience of Memory investigates deja vu research. A human's ability to distinguish between the new and past details of an environment are adaptive qualities that help us to survive. What we need to clearly distinguish is the definition between recognition and familiarity. Recognition involves the detailed recovery of contextual associative details about an episode, whereas familiarity supports item recognition in the absence of the retrieval of any contextual information regarding a prior stimulus encounter. So, in other words, a stimulus can cause you to recollect real details of a previous experience, while familiarity can simply give you a feeling, but no real specific details. Extensive research has been performed in memory research, specifically in the uh, Mm medial-temporal lobe. This research is still lacking simply because memory is not an easy cognitive process to pinpoint. However, research of the hippocampus shows that it has a specific role in the encoding and recovery of contextual information, whereas the perirhinal cortex supports item recognition based on the familiarity of the stimulus itself. Now, back to Deja Vu. What intrigues scientists about this phenomenon is the absence of a source memory for the feeling of familiarity. Since Deja Vu is a subjective experience that varies from person to person, it is difficult to study this feeling in a laboratory setting. But there is promising connection between recognition memory and the medial temporal lobe organization. It is thought that Deja Vu is a conflict between a familiarity signal that is generated in the prior cortex any contextually based novelty signal that is computed in the hippocampus.
1: That is really interesting because I always thought that déjà vu and familiarity were kind of like the same thing, almost, yeah. But at the same time, it's like when you just describe that, it's really it's really not. Yeah,
0: it's it it, it was uh interesting to me just to hear the different definitions cuz, you know, what I thought was one thing was actually another. Mm-hmm. So that is really cool.
1: Awesome. So, like, whenever you said it was just, like, like the detailed recovery of, like, contextual details, so it's, like, what that stimulus was in a certain, like, situation. Mm. Um, so can you give, like, an
0: example of that? For the recognition of the familiarity. For both. Let's for just both. go crazy. So for recognition, that would be, like, so you have uh, – the what they kept saying is, like, the source memory is what they're trying to investigate. So – it has a source, whether it be you, maybe it's about spaghetti when you were a kid. Okay. And so you just, like, have this source memory of, of spaghetti as a child, and maybe whenever you encounter spaghetti later in your adult life, mm-hmm. you think of that source memory, which is when you were a child and you first had spaghetti. Um, another, whereas, like, familiarity, when they use it talking about deja vu, there is a lack of a source memory. So that feeling of, I'm experiencing this, but there is no source that experience. But again, this is so subjective. Yeah. Because no one's going to be able to experience a view like someone else. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, that, 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 when you said spaghetti, that actually made me think of this one scene from Ratatouille. Do you know what Uh, I'm talking about? And... He just wanted that. He didn't want anything else. Mm -hmm. And whenever he took the first bite, he was, like, brought back to that source memory of his mom making the ratatouille, and he was just felt, like, so happy. Mm -hmm. So, like, that could be, like, Mm -hmm. uh, remembering, like, the specific details of it. So, like, if it was more of, like, a deja vu, he might not have, like, that memory of, like, his mom making
0: the ratatouille. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what... That this whole topic of source memory, that's, like, that is right on point. If source memory exists, why don't all our memories come from the source memory? Whereas déjà vu, there is that lack of source memory. So then why are we having these memories of something happening? When, when it... Feeling like something's happening. When it didn't really happen. it didn't happen, really happen. Uh-huh. Hashtag conspiracy. <laughs> not really. But kind of. But kind of. I mean, everyone has experienced déjà vu. If you have not, you're in for a treat. It's a little bit of a trip. Anyway, <laughs> so...
1: Yeah, that is that Pretty is a cool. really interesting like little topic. I'm glad you brought that up because that was now I'm thinking about like ratatouille. Uh, yeah, like now, so that's very interesting. <laughs> so I guess like now that we talked about kind of what déjà vu is, what recognition is, and like how that all ties into familiarity, how does this help you become familiar with a brand new place? So like we both shared our experiences of coming to college for the very first time. And you know, we're both going into our senior year now, so we're both pretty well adjusted. We've been here for a few years. So besides just letting time go by, what can you do to help yourself adjust faster and better to a brand new environment? Whether you are taking a brand new job in a completely different part of the country or you're just moving like different houses across town or if you're going off to school, whatever the case may be, there are a couple ways that you can actually implement a few different strategies to help lessen your anxiety about transitioning to college or a new city, just like all the things that I mentioned before. The first one that I know that I implemented a lot whenever I was looking at different colleges and where to go to was researching the new place. So like, what, um, first of all, you know, what is that town known for? Um, Are there any like parks or museums, uh, if that's what you're interested in, are there any like apartments in different areas of town that are close to where you work or where you go to school do they have the major that you want to major in? Is there room for growth in the company in the town that you're in? Is it a big town? Is it a small town? Uh, is there a coffee shop on your way to work? So if you're like late, you can always pick something up uh, in the mornings. So researching the new place I know helped me a lot uh, because even now I'm still researching what uh, was what like a breakout room place in town. Like I oh, did, really? I did not know that. Wow. And so... You know, you can still discover new things in a place that you've been in even for a couple of years, but research, new, research passions or activities or hobbies that you enjoy doing in your previous hometown or in your like previous location. So it kind of adds a little bit of like a routine or like that small chunk of like I know everything else is new, but like this one coffee shop has uh, the same like type of atmosphere that it had in my hometown, so this is kind of like my little anchor. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so a few other things is just like the, big, the other biggest thing other than researching the place is just like think positive positive. and that's it's kind of like a no brainer no pun intended uh, doing a bunch of things like setting up I don't know like your utilities and all that really stressed me out for whatever reason yeah. um, so the biggest thing that you can do for yourself intrinsically I believe is to think positive you know you're, you are going to run into roadblocks and there are going to be little bouts of frustration along the way but you have to realize that that feeling not going to last forever. Like, eventually you will be adjusted. So even if you feel like you're kind of splashing around sporadically right now, just know that eventually you will learn how to cope with all of the stuff that's being thrown your way in this brand new place. Mm-hmm. Um, so time is a factor, but also just try to stay as positive as you can. One thing that I also really, really loved, or, like, one thing that I used to help me adjust was to join a bunch of organizations. So like for me, I was already in band, so I kind of like came to campus already knowing the, or the general layout of where all the buildings were, where all my classes were going to be, but I also had a bunch of friends in the trumpet section who I know I could go to if I needed help. And it was really helpful to have that support network, but it also gave me more encouragement to reach out to even more people. Because you already have that base and that support system, and and that just made me want to like push out even further and explore even more school was huge
0: for me Mm -hmm. um of course having a class schedule and being able to build around that but figuring out you know when to work out when I had like certain clubs I had joined putting down those times Mm -hmm. um and but also creating like a personal routine of like knowing uh when I'm going to wake up and starting my day um and also having a plan for like you know, I would try to get stuff done in, during lunchtime, whether it be homework or whether it be, like, working on uh, sending emails or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So creating that uh, routine and that schedule was really, really important for me. I definitely agree with that,
1: too. I know the one of the biggest changes for me was, like, going from having to go to school for, like, what was it, like, eight hours mm-hmm. a day, just, like, straight through no breaks to having, you know, like, two-hour chunks of classes like scattered throughout my days and then just having to figure out what how do I deal with this new routine because Mm -hmm. it
0: was something super different than what I was used to and it's something where you have to hold yourself accountable Mm -hmm. so forcing yourself to create that routine it just gives you something to like kind of like a crutch but not really but in case you start to feel overwhelmed or whatnot you can look at this routine and say okay at least I have this consistency in my life so any if, it, if everything else is falling apart I have this consistency right which is good
1: <laughs> nothing else is going right but at least I know what I'm going to have for breakfast in the morning yes. and like honestly sometimes that is enough mm-hmm. sometimes you will have periods of time after you make like a really huge move where you feel super overwhelmed like that's expected to happen yeah. but like if you wake up every single morning at the same time and you know you're going to go to this specific spot for breakfast you're going to have this specific meal for breakfast and it's like that is one piece of consistency that you can latch on to as kind of like a small little anchor it's a very very small anchor it's a very specific anchor but it's still an anchor and that still means something
0: yeah definitely i agree (laughs) did you have anything else
1: nothing that i can think of so we just shared with you guys just different ways that madeline and i learn to cope with the huge stress of moving to a new school, uh, moving to a brand new town. So we want to know, you know, did you use any of the things that we mentioned or did you have other things that helped you out in different ways? Or do you wish you had used some of the things that we had mentioned in this podcast? Um, So we want you to let us know and we would love to be able to get to know you guys more as an audience. Make sure you tweet us at at Synapse Bridge on Twitter or leave a comment on our on our Instagram page at Bridging the Synapse. We'll have a post for our very first episode. And just let us know, did did you use any of the things that we talked about? Were there things that you did instead that weren't on the list of things that we talked about? What were your experiences like? Did you use any of these things when you moved to a brand new place? when you were just going through a really huge change in your life, maybe not, you know, physical location move. Tell us all those things. So a quick recap of our main points. Uh, So familiarity is something that comes with time, but also can be influenced by the amount of times that we go through an action or a route, such as the 2015 mouse study. Also, deja vu can uh, help us actually understand what, what it is like to be familiar with things And also if there is just like an intuitive feeling of, oh wow, this feels very familiar, but I have no source memory attached to this. Uh, (laughs) Very unlike the Ratatouille moment in, uh, was it Pixar's hit movie, Ratatouille? Yeah, Yeah, Pixar's hit movie, Ratatouille. Um, They did not pay me to say that, I just really like the movie. And we also talked about a few ways to be more efficient with trying to be familiar Mm -hmm. with uh, your brand new location, brand new job, brand new college. A few of those are just, like, researching the new place, think positive, create a support network, and be adventurous, or at least to the
0: best of your ability. Bridging the Synapse is produced, edited, and written by us, Anu Kumar and Madeline MacArthur. Production assistance is provided by John Kennedy from The Daily Beacon. Music in this episode is from Pottington Bear. Fair. We release
1: one episode a month in conjunction with the Daily Beacon. You can contact us via our email, which is bridgingthesynapse at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at synapsebridge and on Instagram at bridgingthesynapse. For more information about this podcast and to check out what sources we use for this episode, visit our Facebook page, which is Bridging the Synapse Podcast.
0: We hope you've learned something new today, and we'll see you on the next episode. So done. first episode is done.